My phone was snatched at around 9 p.m. on my way from NNDC quarters. But the first young man outside stabbed him with a pointed weapon. The spate of phone snatching in Kano has been blamed largely on widespread drug abuse among young people. Phone snatching is no longer news in Kano, where the perpetrators are having their day robbing people of their mobile phones. Coming to you from Daily Trust Online, my name is Lilian Ogazi. In today's episode, which is a sequel to our previous episode unraveling the menace of phone snatching in Kano, our colleague Sagi Kano Saleh, who is in Kano, speaks with victims who share their experience and the marks left with them by the criminals. He further has a chat with some experts and stakeholders on what's been done and how to eradicate the menace. Hi, Sagu. Tell us more. Young Abdul Samad Ishaq spent time saving money in order to buy his dream phone. Moments after he had bought the phone and was set to launch it, phone snatchers robbed him of it. He couldn't make any move to get back his dream phone. Helpless Abdul Samad narrates how he was forced in broad daylight to surrender his dream phone, including its receipt, even before he got home. <laughs> The first time I was robbed of my phone was after a friend visited me with his phone. And when I checked it, I liked the product. I asked where he bought it. He described the place. But I said I didn't have the money to buy it then because it was expensive and it was in the middle of the month and one has to make some budget. Weeks later, I saw the phone being advertised on social media and that was when I bought mine. After I bought it, I keep it along with the receipt in my bag. In the evening, before leaving the office, I decided to change the phone's language setting. That was all I did, but I didn't even put my SIM on the phone. After that, around sunset, I came out and boarded a commercial tricycle. On our way, as young men, we were chatting with the tricycle operator who told me that his work for the day was good. So if he drops me, he would close for the day to go and see his girlfriend. On our way, a well-dressed young man stopped him, saying he would be alighting at Gidentang Asabi, which was not far from there. To myself, I was wondering, this driver just said he would close from work when he drops me. The new passenger boarded, but a few meters away he said he wanted to alight because he forgot something. There was an old abandoned car in the place and it was quiet. The driver dropped him, but just as he left, the tricycle died. The driver restarted it, and immediately we started moving. Another person stopped him. He refused, but the passenger insisted. Before the twinkle of an eye, another young man came from the old car, shouting, We are calling you. Why wouldn't you stop? 
From all indications, they just wanted to cause trouble. I then intervened, saying, it's okay, since you are going, just come inside and let's go. But instead, he shouted at me and started insulting me. At that point, one of them entered the tricycle, sat beside me and immediately started insulting me. But I asked, what's your problem? You just came in and started insulting me. The next thing he said was, give me that bag you are holding, the bag that had my new phone in it. I wondered, what's a fellow passenger's business with what I'm holding? He yelled, saying, are you not surrendering it? The driver tried to zoom up, but the first young man outside stabbed him with a pointed weapon and tried to pull him out of the tricycle. That was when we even noticed that they were armed. The driver held on to the tricycle and both of us were raising our voices so that someone could come to the rescue, but the place was empty. We felt we could fight the two of them, but the fact that they were carrying weapons, there was nothing we could do. The next thing I noticed, the driver was bleeding profusely and the attackers pulled him out of the tricycle. The first passenger who dropped from the tricycle now came inside and immediately slapped me. At that point, the other guy sitting next to me asked me to alight and surrendered the phone to him, so I managed to alight. That's how they went away with my phone and the tricycle while the driver was left seriously bleeding. This is a pure robbery, otherwise they would have just taken my phone, the driver's money and left the tricycle. They went away with all my money in the bag because my trousers had very short pockets that constantly drop off anything put inside. So I put all the money I had along with the new phone in the bag. We were helpless. No one could come to our rescue because the place was empty. Later on, an old woman was passing by, helped us with her scarf to use in arresting the bleeding because the driver was stabbed in two different places. I was confused and didn't have any money. Abdul Samad was unfortunate for the second time where he was dispossessed of another brand new phone to such criminals before a twinkle of an eye. It was a feature phone I bought to complement my smartphone which normally runs out of battery. I asked a friend to get me one and he did at night. But I told him I'll give him his money in the morning after I must have tested the phone's battery life. I inserted my data line on the phone, went and bought a recharge voucher in order to make calls and test the battery life. While I was loading the voucher, just about 20 feet to my doorstep, someone just snatched the phone and the voucher as well. Who is this? I asked myself. It was in the dark and my attention was on the phone. So when I looked up, a few seconds later, I saw three people running. Two went together and the other one was alone. Whom am I going to chase? I could chase this one and discover that he had more accomplices than those two. But since it was a feature phone and I was not hammed, I allowed them to go. If it were others, they would have stabbed me before they took the phone, but I was lucky. Aisha Abubakar Musa is a physiotherapy undergraduate at the Bio-University Kano. She had a similar experience while she was on her way to school early in the morning. 
She was chased by the phone snatchers who robbed her of her mobile phone. Yes, my phone has been snatched. It happened in Dang Agundi. I left Sabwar Kofa to Dang Agundi in the middle of Dang Agundi and Sabwar Kofa. At that waterside, that was where it happened. I stopped a tricycle at Sabwar Kofa because I stay in Sabwar Kofa. So when we left Sabwar Kofa, the next road is Dang Agundi Road. They stopped us in between those roads and came very close to our tricycle and tried collecting my bag. But I held the bag tightly. When I came out from home, I was holding the phone. But when I reached the roadside, I put it inside my bag. So I think they saw when I was putting it inside my bag. They were busy trying to unzip the bag. So the tricycle driver said I should remove the phone and give them. They almost removed the phone, so I removed it and gave it to them. Aisha said although she escaped unhurt, Memory of the incident lives on and still frightens her. Truly speaking, I found myself in a very awkward situation. I stopped talking. My friends even make joke by telling me, hey, bring your phone. I was very scared. I even have nightmares and all of that. Different thoughts. And when I'm inside the tricycle and somebody is passing, I become very scared just because of the phone snatching. And I feel scared up until now. I haven't stopped being scared. The day that the incident happened, I came back sick from school. I was in level 2 and our level 2 was very, very stressful. We start lecture 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. in the evening. No time at all. There was tension, pressure. We were writing tests and exams was close by and this thing happened to me. Another young man, Abdullahi Ali Hamza, fell victim of phone snatching along the same Kofar Dang Agundi where Aisha was attacked. My phone was snatched at around 9 p.m. on my way from NNDC quarters along BUK Road by Hauren Shanu, where I picked a commercial tricycle to Bompai. On our way, I brought out my phone and was reading some messages when we approached the Dangagudi traffic light by the Rumfa College perimeter fence. A passenger stopped the driver and we stopped after the Rumfa College gate before Saborok Ofa, not far from the passengers. I was still reading through my chats then, but I had a feeling that anything could happen here, so I quickly hid my phone in my bag before the passengers got to where we were. When they came, one stood beside me and the second one beside the driver, both on the same side. Before anything, they brought out weapons and said to me, bring your mobile phone. I pretended I didn't understand, so they repeated themselves, give us that your phone. I tried to escape through the other side. That was when the third person, who I didn't know was on the side, struck me with a knife and stabbed my finger, so I gave him the phone. The second person that was beside the driver then opened the tricycle's pigeonhole and packed all the money the driver kept there, and they asked us to leave the place on our tricycle. On our way going, I peeped and saw them jumping the fence into Rumfa College. We turned back because I needed to call the recipients of the message I was holding in order for me to hand it to them, but the phone had been taken. The traffic around the Dangagundi gate is notorious for activities of phone snatchers. I am here at the Dangagundi gate. 
otherwise called Oparta Agundi in Kano City. It is one of the numerous gates of the ancient Kano City. Opposite this gate is the famous BUK Road that starts from the Muntala Muhammad overhead bridge down to the old campus of the Bayero University Kano. Right opposite this gate is the power station of Kano Electricity Distribution Company. And behind me, you can see the traffic light, which is positioned just opposite the road that comes from Sharada Estate. Many a times, there used to be traffic jam along this spot. And this is when hoodlums take the opportunity of snatching commuters' belongings, especially their mobile phones. In some cases, they are reported to be coming out from the gate, commit the atrocities in this direction, and would move backward and pass through a stream, and they vanish into the thin air. Sharifatu from Niger Republic is a visitor in Kano. Moments after her arrival, phone snatchers made away with her phone. Sunana my name is Sharifa Tu, a visitor from Niger, Naomi. Truly speaking, I come into Kano every two, two weeks. I know phones are being snatched because I am a victim. My phone has been snatched in Kantankwari. I didn't know it was not the same with Niger and here. We work freely with our phones in Niger. So, I didn't know. I brought out my phone to call my sister to tell her that I have arrived. She should meet me in Kantankwari. As I brought it out, someone snatched the phone. The person I was together with followed them and collected the phone for me. When this type of thing happened in Niger, the culprit can be jailed in prison for many years. Whenever I hear phone snatchers, I get scared. That is why I am hiding my phone inside my clothes tightly before someone snatches it again. I don't have anyone here. I'm a visitor. While she was lucky to get back her phone, those of Aisha and her likes never came back. We even tracked it because we were told that we can track those who snatched the phone. So we tracked. We even paid for the phone to be tracked, but up till now, nothing happened. The phone is nowhere to be seen. Abba Ibrahim Wada, who was attacked on a moving tricycle, narrates his experience and how he managed to escape. They brought out knives, dreadful ones that can scare anybody, very long and well-sharpened knives and attacked me with them. It is a scary one, more especially looking at the kind of knives they use, lengthy, well-sharpened and shining. So I have to surrender, otherwise they may stab me, due to the fact that the knives are not ordinary and I am sure they will not mind injuring me with them. These guys are young residents and visitors who come to Kano solely to rob people of their mobile phones. My name is Yusuf Baturi Haruna. The problem of snatching phone has become the order of the day in Kano State, which truly is an alien culture. We don't have it before. Children that are quite little are the ones going around killing people and collecting their phones. 
They killed others and run without collecting the phones. While they do got others seriously injured after cutting away their phones, they don't spare anybody. They do it to men and women. They follow people into tricycles to cut away phones. Sometimes the drivers of the tricycles are criminals. I met a girl just yesterday that was injured by one of them. She chartered a tricycle and the driver requests to go into an area by the roadside to get some parcels. Unknown to her, the driver has invited his colleague. They attacked her and requested for her phone. When she objected, the tricycle driver brought out a knife and stabbed her in her tights. Some days ago, at Gadankaya, I saw a man that was stabbed and thrown out of the tricycle. Hmm, what a tale. Thank you there, Sagir. You are listening to The Bearing coming to you from Daily Trust Online. You can listen to these and more episodes on Sprout, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and TuneIn Radio by searching for The Bearing. You can also listen in on NAS FM, it's 9.9 in Yola and Unity FM, 93.3 in Joss. We'll be going on break. Do stay. and impactful stories of the day. Treated inside out with in-depth analysis to give you insight into the issues that matter. The issue of injustice needs to be addressed. We're going into hell. Why are you sending your child? Why are, you, are you that poor? Are you that hungry? No, we are not practicing any democracy in Nigeria. They don't deal with us well, well. Trust us on Nigeria Daily, a daily podcast from Daily Tracks to bring to you the news behind the news. So listen in, log into our website at dailytrust.com or on bossprout.com. You can also listen in on Spotify and TuneIn Radio. Follow up on Instagram and Twitter at Daily Trust and on Facebook at Daily Trust. Welcome back. This is The Bearing coming to you from Daily Trust Online. In this episode of The Bearing, we are unraveling the menace of phone snatching in Kano as some victims share their stories. Before we went on break, our colleague Sagi Kanu Saleh, who is in Kano, shared with us some stories of victims who have been affected by the menace of phone snatching. Quite some tales there. What could be causing this menace to be on the rise? What is the possible solution? Over to you, Sagir. The spate of phone snatching in Kano has been blamed largely on widespread drug abuse among young people. A Kano-based Islamic scholar, Sheikh Tijani Balak Alarawi, identifies some of the solutions. In order to deal with them, the law must take its course. They should be punished accordingly, regardless of who they are or the position of their parents. They should also be given sound education. Their standard of living be improved. And above all, they should be prevented from roaming the streets for scavenging. A criminologist and lecturer with the Department of Sociology, Bio-University Kano Mala Mukhtar Bichi, highlights what the society and authorities must do to tackle the menace. 
There are many measures and the first one is community policing, whereby people won't fold their hands for government and security alone to secure them. Any community whose youths are idle is in danger, so they must be monitored accordingly. Any leeway that seems to be empty, the community must be vigilant to such places. And if you are a stranger, you have to get a local guide who would intimate you about the terrain. Recently, a man was murdered in Jambulo, and it's later found that he's a stranger to the area. Some parts are notorious for drug addicts, and the locals aren't unaware about such places. So, once you ask, you'll be put through. Again, all criminal dens must be dismantled and communities should set up a task force that monitors movements in and around their own area. And individually, everybody needs to be hiding their phones whilst walking on the streets or when they board a tricycle. You should also know your ins and outs. These are measures that the community should adopt. And for the authorities, security agents should be diligent and work accordingly, and when phone snatchers are caught, they must face the wrath of the law and should be patrolling criminal hideouts. Again, the government and the security agents should have a roundtable discussion with phone retailers and come up with stringent guidelines on phone trading. Every phone retailer or charging point kiosk owner must be registered and whoever is found wanting will be penalized equivalent to an armed robber. He shouldn't be treated as a phone merchant. He is guilty as the snatcher. I am also advising people to stop buying phones anywhere within their own areas. We need to be mindful of the potential sellers, because we don't know their motives as you are unaware of how he acquired the phone. If you are buying a phone, just go to the marketplace. Also, anyone seen wielding weapons must be apprehended and be dealt with as an armed robber. Kano State Commissioner of Police Samaila Shoaibu Diko speaks on the measures taken by security agencies in the state in the bid to address the problem. And we, the police, and then like the civil defense, we are all making good efforts. The most important thing is we try to go to the source of these drugs to make sure we can stop it from there. And we are doing this by trying to go after the dealers, you know, especially major dealers. And uh, we are able to arrest a lot of them. And it is getting minimized quite all right. And then the Drugs Law Enforcement Agency, we are working pari passu to make sure this thing is brought to the barest minimum. And then the people of Kano too, they are doing their best, talking to their wards and what have you. We are always talking to them on that. Even though we are not always happy to say our strategies in terms of arresting situations. But uh, this issue of community policing, even the Inspector General of Police talked to us about community policing. We should make sure we make the best use of it because it is helping us, you know. Community are becoming aware and they are willing to come and assist in terms of information and other ways to make sure crime is brought to the barest minimum. Apart from that, we have a our operation Puff Ada, whereby we respond so rapidly to any distress call. And this strategy helps us a lot. We also have issue of identifying criminals' hideouts and uh, black spots. So once we identify them, we go into 
intelligence gathering about those places, then we go out and raid. Raiding is one of the strategies that we put in place in order to check the menace of crimes and criminality. Any moment we have any distress call, in whatever form, we have specific vehicles that we will call. As soon as they are informed, they respond to that distress call within two, three, four, five, highest five minutes, they will be in a place to make sure something is done. We have public enlightenment and sensitization also. And then we have uh, the other institutions of the state who are helping us, like uh, our radio houses, our journalists, they are doing very well to help us in sensitizing people and telling them of what they're supposed to do as far as security is concerned. You know, giving us intelligence or information, the people are doing very well to make sure that uh, as soon as they notice something unusual, they inform the police. We have our telephone numbers that we give them, you know, and as soon as something unusual is noticed, they inform us immediately. And we use this strategy of responding to distress calls so rapidly. We go to that place, you know. So the radio, how this television and uh, other social media, they help us a lot in terms of enlightenment uh, and sustainization programs. Uh, we have massive campaign against uh, these Daba people and drugs. Honestly speaking, the police and other security agencies, including the vigilante and the people of Kano, are doing their best in terms of information and personally assisting in trying to see that this thing come to an end. That was the Kano State Commissioner of Police, Samaila Shaibudiko. The question now remains, how soon will this problem of rampant phone snatching be eradicated? That ends the report. Sagir Kano Sali, The Bearing. Thank you there, Sagir. Truly, how soon will this be eradicated? Well, we wait and watch. God bless Nigeria. With that, we have come to the end of this episode of The Bearing. Thank you so much for listening. To everyone whose voices we heard on the show, we say a big thank you. The Bearing is a Daily Trust production and you can download this and other episodes of our podcast on Sprout, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Apple Podcasts and Spotify by searching for The Bearing. You can also listen in on Nas FM, it's 9.9 in Yola, and Unity FM 93.3 in Joss. If you intend to sponsor an episode of The Bearing, call us on 0913-893-3390. If you have questions or comments or suggestions of topics you would like us to talk about, let us know via social media handles on Twitter and Instagram at daily underscore trust and on Facebook at daily trust. You can also send us a message via WhatsApp on 0913-893-3390. My name is Liliana Ogazi. Thank you for listening and bye for now.